Welcome back. We're in Revelation chapter 20, verse 12. Let's go. So verse 12 says, And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and and books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. So we talked about this is the great, great white throne judgment. It's different from the Bema Seat of Christ. The thing that's on my heart that I want to impress upon you, if you are in Christ, if you are born again, if Jesus is your first love, you will not face judgment for your sins. Why? Because he completely dealt with your sin and the punishment of your sin on the cross. He was your substitute, the great switcheroo. He took all the punishment, all the pain that was necessary for justice to be done on your sins. Remember, there's mercy. There's just the concepts of mercy, justice, and grace. The concept of justice is someone getting what they deserve. What do you deserve? You deserve eternal punishment. And the only way that that can be paid for is by the most precious commodity in the world, which is the blood of Jesus Christ. And he shed that on the cross for those who have faith in him. Then there's mercy, which is getting less punishment than you deserve. Believers get that. And then there's grace, getting more reward than you deserve. Believers also get that. For those who don't place their faith in Jesus, they're going to stand at the great white throne judgment. They'll be judged for their sins, and there will be eternal consequences to unrepentant, being unrepentant for those sins. I'm not talking about constant penance over time, like maybe Catholics or some other religions might propose out there that you have to continue to repent in order to be saved. That is not true. That is not biblical. Once you repent once and you accept Jesus, you're saved. Your sins are forgiven as far as east is from the west, fully forgiven, past, present, and future. But here we have the unbelievers standing before God. Jesus judges them, not God the Father. Jesus does because God the Father gave that authority to Jesus to do. And Jesus is judging them. And they're reading in these, uh, he's opening these books, not the book of life, separate books. These are different books. These either contain their sins, or I believe they either contain their sins, or they're the you know books of Moses, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. Just think the Ten Commandments, right? Which is simple enough because it's going to show, reveal to them that they were sinners and they can't do anything to cover up that sin. They need Jesus to put it away for them once and for all. So in 13 it says, The sea gave up the dead who were in it. The sea is an expression for the abyss where certain demons are held. The graves, here represented by death, which we can think of as physical death, will deliver up the bodies of the unbelievers who have been buried or cremated. Hades will give up the souls of all who die in unbelief, as Hades is the place where all unbelieving souls have been held. The bodies and souls will be reunited to stand before the judge, which is Jesus. Just as there will be degrees of reward in heaven for believers, so too there will be degrees of punishment in the lake of fire permanently for unbelievers. And that will be based on their works. Right, what they did against Jesus 
the sins that they committed against Jesus. There'll be punishment based on the level of those sins. So, to step back. So, unbelievers die today and they go to heaven. Then they'll get the resurrected body at the rapture. Unbeliever, uh, I'm sorry, that's believers today. Um, Old Testament believers before Jesus, when they died, they went to the, let's call it the, a point probably near the center of the earth called Abraham's bosom. It's in Hades, but the good part. And they waited there for Jesus to come and free them. And then they could, they went to heaven with Jesus, but they won't get the resurrected body until after the tribulation. Tribulation saints will go to heaven when they die during the tribulation, and they'll get the resurrected body after the tribulation. Unbelievers of all ages, before Jesus and after Jesus now, when they pass away, they go down to Hades. Let's call that hell number one. It's temporary. They're there. It will be completely emptied. Now, when the unbeliever dies, you basically get, and this is true of the believer as well, you've got body and you've got soul. The difference with the believer is that I say that we are tripartite beings. We're made in the image of God, and God is a tripartite uh, being. He's the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We are body, soul, and spirit. And what got broken in the garden was the spirit. And in order to be complete, we need to have the Holy Spirit come and live inside of us. And then we are body, soul, and spirit. I call it Holy Spirit um, so that we have all three. But when an unbeliever dies, their soul goes down obviously their body doesn't their body you know remains on earth and earthly form gets cremated buried whatever decomposes whatever the circumstance may be but at the end of the time at the great white throne judgment hades will give up their soul so their soul will come up out of hades call that hell number one hell uh, temporary hell it'll be completely empty and then there we say that the uh, the grave, meaning death, which means the grave gives up their bodies. It doesn't mean, you know, you're going to have these old decrepit bones or anything. God's just going to miraculously make them into some type of shapely uh, being again. Uh, so it's that uh, body and soul, and that's what he's going to um, judge. And then they'll be cast into the lake of fire, and they'll live there forever but not believers because there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And then the other part of that is it says the sea. So this is a little bit different, right? So you've got, let's kind of think about this. You've got what I call, just for simplicity, this is not theologically you know, uh, the best term to use, but uh, to help understand, you've got hell number one. That's temporary hell. That's called Hades. That's where unbelievers are now. Then they're cast into the lake of fire. That's hell number two. That's the lake of fire that's permanent. And that's where they'll live forever and ever, and it'll be an off. Both are awful, awful places. And but they weren't made for man; they were made for the devil, not for man. But man chose to follow him. Unbelievers chose to follow him by rejecting Jesus Christ, by rejecting God, their Creator. Instead, they said, "Nope, we were created by nothing." The Big Bang happened, and it just, you know, we came from nothing. We came from monkeys. We came from fish. Well, who created the monkey? Who created the fish? Who created the gases that? created the explosion of the Big Bang. There has to be a creator. It's just logical. I mean, absolutely logical and illogical to believe that something could come from nothing. That is unscientific, and yet that's what the theory of the Big Bang and uh, evolution stands upon, is that something came from nothing, which makes no sense. Now, don't get me wrong. I believe in microevolution, but not macroevolution. Microevolution is easy. 
species basically replicating after their own kind and having uh, little changes inside of that species, but not macroevolution where a fish becomes a monkey and a monkey becomes man, for example. No, no, no. Um, and then this third concept is is the abyss. So you got, again, kind of hell number one, temporary, hell number two, permanent, and then you've got this abyss. This abyss is where uh, certain demons are held and where Satan will be locked up for a thousand years during the millennial kingdom. He'll be down in this abyss. So it says, He gave up the dead who were in it, and dead in ha- death in Hades, <clears throat> um, delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged. And they were judged. Let's look at Philippians 2.9.1. It says, therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So perhaps this is one place that that verse is applicable. Or maybe it's the place that the, that verse is applicable. Because you're standing before God and he's revealing to you what you did wrong. And you understand that he is God at that point. Not because you're placing your faith or your hope in him, but because it's just a self-evident truth. You're standing before the creator of the world. And you understand that. So they understand that he's God and they see that by sight, but not by faith. They still don't pledge allegiance to God. They still don't place their faith and their hope and they're loving him. So people can know God and still reject God. What do you think happened to the demons and Satan? Satan was in heaven. He loved God. Uh, the, the angels were all in heaven. But Satan rebelled against God. He wanted to be God. And a third of the angels rebelled and were cast out with him. They knew God, but they did no, no longer pledge their allegiance to God. And so these people will see God understand and they'll have a self-evident truth that he's God, yet they won't be saved. And it says, and they were judged, each one according to his works. How are they judged? Or who are they judged by? They're judged by Jesus. Each one, individually. According to his works. According. According to his works. Think about that. Are we talking about good works? Nope. We're talking about all the things that they did against Jesus Christ, all the work that they did against Jesus Christ, all the work that is being done behind the, you know, behind the scenes and on social media and in politics to kill babies today, that type of work. All the work that is done to to say that God screwed up or there is no God and there's no, you know, that a man could be accidentally born a man and is actually a woman and vice versa and all this garbage and the works of murder, actual murder or or hating someone. Adultery, actually committing adultery, or lusting after someone. Stealing, even a paperclip from work. All those works, all those things that are against God, unbelievers will be judged for them. Why won't believers be judged for these same things? Because the work that Jesus did on the cross covered up all of our bad works, all of our sins. But unbelievers don't have that same protection. They are not clothed in righteousness. They are not heirs to the throne. He gave them the option. The option to become a Christian and a Jesus follower is available to all. Think about it, John 3, 16. For John so loved the world. The world. He didn't say a few people. 
or select individuals, the world. He loved everybody. He offers that all, he wants that all should come to repentance. All, 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 all. And he wants that none shall perish. How many does he want to perish and go to hell? None, right? But they choose to follow Satan to hell. That is their works. Verse 14, Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. And again, we just talked about this a minute ago, death and Hades. Think death representing the body and Hades representing the soul. So it's saying body and soul were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Right? Christians, believers, are born twice and die once. They're born of their mother. They die the minute they accept Jesus because they die on the cross with him at that point. And they're simultaneously reborn. Born of the Spirit. Born into Jesus. Unbelievers are born of the mother. Die a physical death here on life. And then they have their second death, which is the lake of, being cast into the lake of fire. Death and Hades. Um, all right, let me see. All right, let me go on. So then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. So it tells us that right here. This is the second death. Again, unbelievers are born once and die twice. Believers are born twice and die once. So the complete opposite. Why? Because... Satan's always doing the opposite of God. He tries to counterfeit him and confuse people. He is the author of confusion and the author of lies. Jesus is not. Jesus is the author, author of clarity. He gives this general revelation that we can see that there's creator. He makes himself available, and he wants you to go and tell people, right? The, the Great Commission, uh, the hole in the gospel, as uh, one author and pastor um, or Christian put it, uh, which is named Richard Starnes. He uh, ran World Vision for a while. And it's Matthew 28, 19, which says, go, and make, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That's our job. We are to go, show, and tell. Just think like in kindergarten. What do you tell your child? Go to school and do your show and tell. Go, show, tell. That's exactly what we're to do. We're to go. Go to work. Go next door. Go to the grocery store. Go to another state. Go downtown to the homeless. Go halfway across the world to Africa or Haiti or wherever. And we show them. We show them who Jesus is, right? Through our love, through our actions. They're giving them food, a cold cup of water, some clothes, some socks. Uh, you know, give them a hand up. Um, and then we tell them. With, all, with, with our actions, we are now able to tell them about Jesus so that hopefully they will uh, listen. So go, show, and tell. That's our, it's our calling, all of ours. In verse 15, And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast in the lake of fire. So he's got these two books. And, and the book of life is different than the other books. The book of life contains the names of all believers. And they were in that book before the earth was even formed and before you were even born. God is sovereign, and yet we have free will. He wants that none shall perish. None. But we, individually, must repent and have faith in Jesus. And that's how we die with him on that cross, having him as our substitute, having him paid the ultimate price for our sin, for our debt, so that our slate 
is wiped clean. Our account is fully paid. Remember that God is infinite and we are finite. So there's plenty that he will explain to us in the next life if we are in the book of life. So just because we are in the book of life doesn't mean he forces us to love him. You can't force a robot, robot to you can't force a robot to love you. You know, love is choice. So he gives us that choice, but he knows beforehand because he's sovereign who is going to choose him. Does that mean he hardwired some people to choose him and others not to choose him? No, he gave us free will. How did he know the choices we were going to make? Because he's God and he's sovereign. Put the two together and you've got a concept that is really hard to understand, but enough to say, Lord, I trust that you're sovereign above all, that you're, you created us and therefore you can do anything. You can miraculously do anything. But I also understand that I have the ability to make a choice. Right? God even tells us, he says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Right? That requires action on our part. Not works, not deeds, but just placing our faith in Jesus. Salvation is offered universally, but it must be accepted individually. And he knew ahead of time that he was going to offer salvation to everyone. He wanted that none shall perish. But he also knew that love is a choice. And to love Jesus, to fall in love with him, is a choice. And you get to willingly make that choice. Just like you get to choose whom you get to love, you get to choose to love Jesus or to reject him. And uh, so he basically, you know, I see him as having this one book. But we're not present. The believers are not, uh, you know, being judged here. He's got these other books that are, you know, the book of Moses showing them that they're sinners or they're actually listing out their sins. And you've got this one book called the Book of Life with all, in the names of all believers. And it says anyone not found written in the Book of Life was cast in the lake of fire. So I, you know, I envision him standing there and someone's like, but, 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 can you, can you check the other book? Please just, just check the other book because I checked a box when I was eight years old saying I was a Christian. I walked down the aisle at 11 years old at beach, or at beach camp saying I was a Christian. And God says, well, you just saw all the sins that you did, right? And you never loved me. You never made me first and foremost. You've checked a box. You did something like that, but your heart wasn't turned over to me. Let's check the book of life to see if your name's in here. And he looks and he goes, nope, it's not in here. Lord, help us understand the consequences to not loving you. And not then saying we love you, but we actually don't, but just because we're scared of the consequences. But loving you because we love you, because you're a good and gracious God. You created us. You love us. You give us opportunities to repent. You give us opportunities to share with people. You give us opportunity to love on people. Help us to do all those things, to give a cup of cold water, food, socks, money, all in your name. Not for our glory, not for our glory, Lord, but for yours. May your name be glorified in everything that we do. And when we screw up, may we confess it to you and ask for your forgiveness. May we also tell the person we screwed up against that we screwed up and we're sorry and we apologize and would they forgive us. Lord, help us today. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to Daily Verse by Verse. We want you to be prepared in season and out of season to study the whole counsel of God so that you can share with people who Jesus is through your actions so that you have the right to tell them who Jesus is so that they can come to know Jesus or come to know Jesus better. We strongly encourage you to share this message, this podcast on your social media, Facebook, Instagram, 
message, email someone who you think could benefit from it. It's an easy way for you to go out and witness to the world just by sharing this podcast. We hope you'll join us tomorrow. Have a wonderful day.